Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the show today. I have a beautiful young lady on today to talk about young ladies in the shooting sports. Her name is Alexis Duncan. Alexis, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. We are interested in the fact that you love to shoot. Mm -hmm. Now, do you shoot handguns or rifles or shotguns? I can shoot all three. I prefer um, shotguns. I shoot competitive trap, but I can shoot all three and have have competed in rifles and shotguns. I wanted to um, have Alexis on today because... The rising number of women having guns has increased in the U.S. It used to be um, in 2012 down to what they said was 36%, which is more than what most people realize. Mm-hmm. But now they say it's all the way up to anywhere from 38 to 43%. Mm-hmm. And so more and more women are owning guns. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because most people, most people think that um, gun owners are... 50 year over 50 year old white males right would you agree I that's the stereotype <laughs> of it yeah and they all live in Texas yeah and or, ride horses and ride horses yeah and so um she has a very exciting life and has grown up in a family of people who have your father and your grandfather right and brother yes and brother and they're all um award-winning Shooters, Correct. is that what they call you? Marksmen yeah. or shooters? Shoot, shooters. Now, marksmen are what? What? What are marksmen? I, I don't know. Because I, I, <laughs> I think they're like, um, well, you know, when they talk about like maybe it's long distance. Yeah, I can see shooting. that. Except you showed me a video where you shot a target a thousand feet away, a thousand twelve yards around. Oh, away. Yeah. Yards. Yards. That's that's you can't see it. No, no, no. In fact, when I was watching the video, I thought, well, you just said it's very far away. How could I see it? Yeah. And then I heard it go quiet, quiet. Yeah. Then all, all of a sudden, I heard ding. after a long, yeah, after a long <laughs> ways, ding. I went, oh my gosh, she hit that. Remember? That's six amazing. Seconds, six seconds for the sound to travel back. Yeah. So that's, that's very exciting. And so I wanted to have you on mm-hmm. to talk about women um, and shooting and um, how important it is for women to learn to shoot. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that um, women are smaller than men in general. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So how important do you feel that it is for women to learn how to shoot? I mean, you don't have to be trained to do something professional and compete, but learning how to handle a gun in case that situation occurs or it comes down to that, that, that would be a good thing to know how to do, not Maybe to the extent that I do it, but in case you ever do need to use it in a situation, that'd be good, yeah. So how old are you? 22. 22. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's very petite. Yes. And, and she's I'm just, only 120 pounds. She's 120 pounds. Soaking wet. She's beautiful, and she can shoot like crazy. And so um, she has competed since, a, how, how old were you, like four my, I've been drug out with my dad to gun shows and you shoot since I was in a stroller. He sent me out there, but started shooting actually probably 11, but been around guns ever since I was born, about all my, all my whole life. So where are you from? I was born in Kansas, 
but they they got me to Texas as soon as they could. <laughs> so we moved here pretty quick. I came when I was probably five or six. So. Now your whole family's here too, though. Your grandparents are here too. Correct. Yeah. So they all came. Um, I, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's really cool because a lot of people move and their parents don't. Right. And so the kids don't get to grow up around their grandparents. Right. So that's really awesome. Okay. So you started at four, or when you were in a stroller, that would be like. Not even a yeah. year. Yeah. You've been going. Right. And you're familiar with all handguns, yep. all kinds of rifles mm-hmm. and shotguns and everything. Mm-hmm. So why for you? Because you told me you favor shot, no, rifles? Shotguns. 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 Okay. So why don't you tell everyone the difference between a rifle and a shotgun? Um, a rifle is, is a, shoots a little, a, a bullet or, and um, they have bolt action and um, that's for a little more longer distance and that can go through. A, a lot of stuff that I mean that if you shoot it in a house it can go through walls it can go through people it can it can go long a shotgun um shoots a shell and that that comes out in a pattern a big you know the the pellets but those also when they hit stuff like it hits steel it the the pellets flatten out and they won't go past I mean they'll go through a wall but they're not going to go too far and then um so they spray yeah they have a bunch of pellets right. inside it uh-huh. okay and then um, a pistol is a, a handheld portable gun, and it's smaller. They have all sizes, and that's usually the one that people use for uh, home defense. They have uh, there's a couple different kinds of loads you can use, and the home defense one is called a hollow point, and that actually when you use that, you're intending for it to do damage. That's the web. That's the ammunition. Correct. The hollow point. Right, and it, and literally the top of the bullet is is like cut off. It's like a triangle without missing the tip. And when it hits something, it actually opens up. So it's not that itty bitty hole. It's it it opens up into a bigger pattern. So it's doing damage the whole way of whatever you're shooting it with. So like a, a hog per se, if you go to shoot a hog, you use a regular bullet. It can go through and go through, and it's a clean cut, and it's not going to really it c- it could miss something. It might not do damage. You use a hollow point, and it's opening up about twice the size or a little bit bigger, and it's going to be a rugged hole and actually try to hurt it and try to kill it well see and most people uh don't don't have hogs around right, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so um we saw one not that far from here uh, that had died it was just I, I was like what mm-hmm. what i didn't even know they had those around here oh there's more hogs in, in texas, texas than there are people and yeah. we mean wild hogs yeah, that are not, scary not piggy, not like yeah yeah they, they don't have them um, I mean, that people hear about him on Steve Irwin's show right. when he had his show, The Hogs in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have wild hogs here in yeah. Texas. And we are, we are like, not far from the city. So I'm no. just saying, 10 yeah. minutes, yeah. So um, <clears throat> I, if it's not a hollow point, it'll just go any, straight through somebody. That mm-hmm. must be why at the gun shop, I saw a pretty pink little gun. Mm-hmm. And I know they're coming out with weapons, trying to appeal to women more. Mm-hmm. So they have smaller ones and very colorful yeah. weapons. And so a little pink one. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that is so cute. Mm-hmm. And my husband and the guy at the counter just looked and was like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was like, what? And they're like, you said you want it for defense. And yeah. I said, well, I'm just, yeah. Well, I have it, to look good doing it. it well, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they said, well, if you're going to get a gun, mm-hmm. And you're going to use it. Make sure that it knocks them down at least, and not just make them mad. Right. And I'm like, but it'll put a hole in them. Does that yeah. not hurt them? I, I mean, I, I, when I mean, there's people out there that you know are doing bad things, and a cop can shoot you, and <clears throat> it'll knock you down. And when your adrenaline's going, you can put nine, ten bullets in someone, and they can get get right back up, or shoot you laying down, and then 
their adrenaline can, or whatever, they could be on something. For all you know, they could be, but they're pumping and they're going. One bullet won't necessarily stop you. So is your accent a Texas accent or a Kansas accent? I didn't know I had an accent. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know you had an accent. Well, people are hearing you. They know you have an accent. It's awesome. Okay. It's just awesome. I didn't know. (laughs) I think I'm blushing. (laughs) Okay. Now, Alexis, at 22, Mm -hmm. you've been shooting since you were a kid. Mm -hmm. And so, for you, tell us about growing up with with your dad and grandpa and brother, you know, because you were the youngest. Right. So, you're just following these people around Mm -hmm. to all these shows. Yeah. It was it was like an everyday, you know, you wake up, you go to school, and then on the weekends you go to shoots, you know. And when you're a kid, the lifestyle at home is really the only lifestyle that, you know, you're around and that you know of. So in my head, you know, and I remember seeing you go to school and, you know, you see someone else's lunch. You know, man, they get that good stuff and I get this granola bar and, man, that sucks. And you start to see, <laughs> you start to see, like, the different lifestyles that they have at home, you know. Like, yeah. you, you don't you, you know, you only know yours. And then I'm used to being around guns and shooting and, you know, you want to make an extra buck. You sit down, you know, next to your dad and you help him do reloads, like handmade reloads. And like, that's what I always knew. And So does he, that mean helping him load is like yeah. handing him more, more like, ammunition? Like, you know, putting wads in, in a reloader to make your own ammunition. Okay. No, I didn't know yeah. that. Well, well. See, when you're <laughs> a kid and that's what you do every weekend, that's what you do. You don't, you don't really think that other people are doing other things because you don't know about that. Now, what, your dad and your grandpa competed, right? Right. So you were going to competitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were helping them get ready and reload. Yeah, and stuff. sitting there watching them and carrying their bags and yeah, just watching them. That's what I thought people did on the weekends, you know. And then you go hang out with, and you get older, and you hang out with other kids and. You go to their houses, and there's not gun cases, and there's not gun safes and bullets and reloaders, and you know, like, oh, not everybody lives that same lifestyle as you. And you start to, and then you start to change your stories. Like, what do you do on the weekend? Oh, I just watch TV because you tell them that, and then they don't understand it, and you don't want to explain it every time. So it's a different lifestyle that not everyone's used to, and you got to get used to not everyone else understanding that lifestyle. Well, it sounds really neat. I think that. Um for me, okay, mm-hmm. when what I've seen in you is that you're very feminine mm-hmm. and you're very confident and you mm-hmm. have high self-esteem and yet you're you're very petite mm-hmm. and you can, man, you can shoot a gun, mm-hmm. okay? And, and so it makes me think of you as stronger, like strength, a power. And so I don't know if women understand that when you can protect yourself— mm-hmm. You feel more confident. You have right. higher self-esteem. Um, you don't have to depend on a man. Right. You I can, can yeah. you know, you, you get with a man because you love him or, you mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But it's not it's not because you can't take care of yourself if right. you get in danger. And what, what I worry about is these men who, you know, do have guns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> what about the women? What about when the men are gone mm-hmm. and the woman's home alone? That's true. Or their kids are home alone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know for me, I was worried um, as I found more and more people had guns around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, if my kids are at their house mm-hmm. and they come across a gun, because mm-hmm. we do live in Texas, right. I want them to know what to do mm-hmm. um, to not touch it or if they have to touch it how to touch it, how mm-hmm. to put it away, and just to be smart mm-hmm. so that they don't end up getting hurt. Right. And um, for me, too, I wanted to be safe. Now, I have a black belt in karate, and this is what's so funny. Yeah. Because, um, you know, my guy friends would be like, yeah, right, 
well, what are you going to do if he has a gun? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I could take a gun from him. Mm-hmm. So then in karate, I started trying to learn how to take a gun mm-hmm. and take a knife. But in the long run, I have to be close enough to do that. Right. And so over time, I've realized it's a, it's, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not completely safe. Right. Right. I've always been told that there are some people you go out to dinner with that you wouldn't shoot with, and then there's some people you shoot with that you wouldn't go out to dinner with. It's a respect <laughs> thing. It's it's um, Some people I shoot with, you know, they're great people on the shooting range, but, man, they're weird, or, you know, they're just <laughs> goofballs, and I don't want to hang out with you. It, it's, it's all a respect thing, and when I was a kid, I started learning that respect thing. And when you're handed a firearm, it's a huge responsibility, and knowing that a kid has that firearm in their hands, you get you get way more respect I mean I I grew up with grown men shaking my hand and looking me dead in the eye and call me ma'am and and not most kids do that but I mean I'm holding something that's just as strong as what they're holding and I mean when you compete you're competing against all ages and all sizes and everyone's equal everyone is is the same everything and um I, I, I and and also calling it a firearm a weapon is used you know to hurt in the intention to hurt somebody that could be a car that could be a fork Okay, and when you go to, you know, your kid goes to someone's house, what's the chances of them getting in that car and doing something stupid is the same as there being a gun. You know, you got you to gotta think about all of it, too, because that firearm is really a firearm until it has bad intentions. And that's when it's a weapon. And, I mean, I can understand being scared that, you know, your kid goes over to someone's house. But most of the time, people have firearms as, 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 as um, pleasure things, as enjoyment and I don't think there's a lot of bad intention, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are against it or don't believe in it, and, and just like lawyers and cops, no one likes lawyers until they need one, and no one likes cops until they, nobody wants a, you know, a gun until then, you know what, it might be the one, because the only thing that stops a bad gun is a good gun, so, I mean, there's times whenever, you're right, you do need to teach your kid not to, to touch it, or, and when you're handed one, the first thing you always do, they can unload it in front of you, and when you get it in your hands, you unload it again and make sure that is nothing, nothing wrong. But there's a lot of stupid mistakes that are that's happened, and I do think that you should teach your kids to not touch it. And if you do touch it, just to at least teach them how to unload it. Unload it, yeah. yes. And um, I I know that your father and grandfather, I did, is it just your dad that teaches? He actually teaches um, a hidden carry license. Is that what that's it's called? No, that's a CHL. CHL. Um, but no, we teach. We taught 4-H, and that's just safety orientations, and then teaching them how to shoot a gun, and if they want to further their career in that as doing it competitive, they can. If not, then they can just do it for fun on the weekends. So so he taught firearm safety mm-hmm. to children, yeah. and, and um, that's the 4-H, mm-hmm. and he also, and you helped with that eventually? Yeah. yeah. And um, he teaches adults how to shoot yeah. and firearm safety as well. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't just a dad that's being irresponsible letting his little kid no, hold not at guns all. or anything right. like that. And so he's he's very well trained in how to teach other people, and so is your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Now your grandfather is very well known oh, around yeah, yes. yeah, a lot of I mean all around Texas mm-hmm. and many other many other states. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your grandfather. Oh, he's a hoot. He, <laughs> he, he uh, his name. You go into certain parts of the town and you say his name, and and they know who he is, and it's kind of cool. You know, you you can look at the lineup when we go shooting, and it's four Duncans. You know, it's it's Duncan, 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 and he's the oldest, and he's the best, and he's been doing it. For so long and is you know his, he's got more trophies and belt buckles and he can count it goes on he's a he's an awesome marksman actually both grand grandpa's shoot he's the only one that did competitive trap though 
oh, your grandfather did competitive track, uh-huh. and you do competitive mm-hmm. track, but yeah. your dad didn't do that. He did. He did. He doesn't now as much, mm-hmm. but uh, he, he, he used to do it a lot when he was younger, half his age now. Yeah. So how did you, because I know you're a very competitive trap shooter, mm-hmm. how did, well, explain people, because I know a lot of people do know what skeet is. Right. Um, and he took me out skeet shooting. Okay. Okay. And that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Yeah. Right. I didn't shoot trap. I didn't even know what that was. Okay. And so he showed it to me and explained it. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually shoot it. So um, trap, the actual... Targets. Targets are targets. going away from you at all Correct. different directions. You mm-hmm. don't, don't know where they're going to come out. It oscillates left and right, yeah. But the skeet, it comes towards you. You know exactly where it's coming from mm-hmm. every single time in the direction and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why he had me start there because I actually hit those eventually because yeah. you know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And you know so, where they're going. And, yeah. yeah, so that was cool. But I mm-hmm. guess trap is harder. I'm a trap shooter, so I like to say that it's harder, yeah. Um, I mean, you have your general area where you start to know where the target comes out from. But, yeah, it oscillates, you know. Um, and back in the day, people used to time it. They would count, you know, try to keep track so know what direction it's coming from. But now it, it oscillates so well, there's no, you can't keep track of that. Um, I, I prefer tra- To me, there's two different kinds of people. There's a skeet shooter and there's a trap shooter. And, and don't call me skeet shooter. <laughs> I don't hang out. I, I'm a trap shooter. I, I hang out with the old guys, and, and that's it what I fit in with and that's my that's my thing that's what I do I'm not I don't like skeet my dad always told me well if you want to be a good shooter you got to be well well rounded and uh, no (laughs) (laughs) no I don't like it I don't want to do it and no I'm shooting trap and I've gone up and I've shot many uh trap shoots and stayed and got run up for state in 2008 in my uh subdivision but I just you skeet I mean to me it's all muscle memory and you know where it's coming from and where it's going. I, I'm not as proud as shooting skeet as I am trap. Trap to me takes. I mean, for I mean, state was 500 rounds. That's 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 long. That takes concentration and talent in my eyes. That's 500 targets shooting that you mm-hmm. have to hit. Is mm-hmm. that what you in mean? three days? Yeah, it's wow. divided up 500 targets into three days. So, yeah. Well, and that and you shoot that with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Okay, and those are big. Yeah, they, yeah, they they are. Because one of the things for me was I was surprised at the weight. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I was thinking if you have to hold this up for mm-hmm. every target and shoot and shoot and shoot, and that's different with skeet because you shoot a few and then it's over. Yeah. Um, with trap, they just keep going and keep. So you just keep holding it. You got to be strong. Now yeah. you you don't <laughs> you you look at you and I you're very unassuming. Mm-hmm. Because you're small, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to picture you. Now we do yeah. have a picture on the show page. Yeah, it's it's old one. But. If you go to livewellshow.com um, or voiceamerica.com and go to the Living Well mm-hmm. Show page, um, or you can go to livewellshow.com to the show page and look at the guest information, and you will see her picture. Mm-hmm. Um, she's petite, and uh, so I picture you holding this shotgun and mm-hmm. doing this everything, and so we do. Um, have pictures of you doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's, you have to be strong to do that. But yeah, if you've been yeah. doing it for a very long time, you've gotten stronger. Those, yeah, it's just muscle memory. You got to teach those muscles what to do and they remember it for next time. And yeah, I was way, I, when I was shooting every day, I was stronger than I am now. <laughs> but it, it actually helps to have, um, and that's even related to home defense. And for trap, you want a heavier gun. You want a longer gun that makes you follow through better. That that weight, once you keep going, it makes you move smoother. If you have a shorter gun, you can be um, 
jerky with it. You might not follow through. It's like baseball. You got to you got to keep going and follow through with it. So actually for trap, I mean, you're, you're talking about a 32 inch barrel. That's 32. That's heavy. <laughs> you can have 34 inch barrel for a skeet. You have more of a 26 or 28 inch barrel short. Like that's, you know, a couple inches taken off. But uh, that's like for home defense. That's why a lot of people pick pistols. You can swing it around. You can move it around a lot more. You can and put it in smaller places. You can hide it better. That That's what they like. Me, if I had a choice, I'd be protecting my home with a shotgun. That's what I feel more comfortable with. That's what, you know, I, I can do it with my eyes closed and reload it and take it apart with my eyes closed. Pistol, yeah, I can use a pistol and I can shoot something with a pistol, but I'm more comfortable with a shotgun. And you're probably more accurate with a shotgun. Probably, yeah. Um, and I, you know, there is this joke mm-hmm. that people say that um, it deters robbers and criminals from coming in your house when they hear the shotgun load like the yeah that yeah you know yeah. so i can see you i can picture this yeah I, I got it yeah um and so for you i think you talked earlier to me when we talked before the show mm-hmm. about the importance of women whatever weapon they have that they're comfortable with it mm-hmm. and so and it's like you know that's the importance of going to a shooting range mm-hmm. or something like that and um so that you feel very comfortable, whether it's a handgun, whatever right. size, mm-hmm. or a shotgun or a rifle or whatever, mm-hmm. that that it it becomes kind of just muscle memory, as you're mm-hmm. saying, that you can you feel comfortable with whatever natural, yeah. yeah. And so I have little hands. Let me mm-hmm. see your hands. Oh my goodness. Okay, they're a little Yours smaller. Are, yeah. And so for you, the shotgun works better. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you don't even have to. I mean, you could shoot a shotgun from your hip. You uh-huh. don't even. You don't have to put it up. If 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 I mean, if guns freak you out a lot and they scare you a lot, you know, don't don't even like if if you're that scared. But if, if the bang is what scares you, you can shoot it. You, you know, maybe a pistol is too much in your face, maybe or a little bit. You can shoot a shotgun from your hip and tear some stuff up with it. You don't have to put it up to your face if you're that scared of it. But um, if you're that scared, I don't think you should have one anyways. Yeah, you go smaller. I mean, yeah. I thought, okay, I lo- I've looked at smaller guns, mm-hmm. but um, but when I got to that little pink one, they were like, because I, 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 you know, it was lighter, yeah. and I, my hands are smaller, so I thought, hey, this will work, mm-hmm. and then, of course, they all did yeah. start laughing, yeah. and I'm like, what? Well, there wasn't a pink bigger one. Yeah. Okay. Of course, my daughter's like, mom, really, mm-hmm. pink. Um, so, a lot of them I was just trying, and your dad took me out, and mm-hmm. I had him on the show, I don't know, six months ago, mm-hmm. Kevin Duncan, mm-hmm. um, and he was teaching about handguns mm-hmm. um and so for him he was showing me all the different sizes that would fit better in my hand mm-hmm. and let me try them and let me shoot them mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was really exciting mm-hmm. yeah, to try all those and see <clears throat> see the difference mm-hmm. and I was really surprised as far as handguns which ones felt better and I, and I actually narrowed it down to <clears throat> one mm-hmm. that would be easier but until I started talking to you I didn't realize how much better as far as <laughs> shotguns mm-hmm. in your house. I'm like, oh, I can't even yeah. picture myself doing that. But um, I think it would be cool to have it if ever anyone tried to come in my right. house. Right. And you also have to think of your children. If you have a, if you have a house and you got three children, do you want to protect your house and something that can go through the wall to get that child? Or do you want something that's going to, you know, hit that person or hit a wall and, and eventually stop? You know, you. I mean, you you can get shot in the elbow, and it can bounce off stuff and go get you in your heart. Yes. I mean, it can. I mean, those things are. I mean, whatever you feel comfortable with, but you definitely don't want anything that can go through walls or 
anything like that. Yeah, my kids are my kids are grown and gone mm-hmm. now, so I don't have to worry about them coming across the gun in the house mm-hmm. or anything like that. I think for people, that's a lot of their fear is that. Well, what if my kids come across it? What if my kid? Because you hear, you know, of course, we when it does happen, you do hear about it on the news mm-hmm. that something happened to a child who had a gun or another kid had a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what do you have to say about that? Why keep it a secret? You know, why why, why hide it? And you know, you tell, you put a red button in front of a kid and say, "Don't push it." They're going to push it. You 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 try to hide something from them. They're going to get curious. Educate them on it. Take it apart. You know what? Buy the gun and don't buy bullets yet. That whole day you have it, let them touch it. Let them see it. You know, let them figure out how it works. And if they figure out how it works, they know how to not use it. Because they have to know how to use it to know how to not use it. So, I mean, let, let them figure it out. Let them not play with it, but, you know, figure it out. And, and keep the bullet separate, then you keep the gun for is, them. Is that what your dad did with you? Oh, man, I was. But to me, whenever I see it, and it. It's different to me. I look at it different. I've been used to, you know, I've been used, I'm used to it. I'm, yes, I look at them all the time. Still, yeah. they felt you, it, the way that he taught you when right. you were young, and you might not remember because yeah. you started so young. Yeah. Um, it kept you safe. Right. It didn't put you in danger. Right. And I think that a lot of people would know how to do, would like to know how to do that mm-hmm. because it does terrify them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, if I have it in the house, kids will get it. Or, you know, there's so much you know possibility of teen suicide and mm-hmm. things like that people are just afraid of guns mm-hmm. and yet you know what if somebody tries to break in their house or comes in their house right. my daughter um was up at college and her apartment she happened and her roommate happened to be gone mm-hmm. but all the other apartments right in their row in their building mm-hmm. Got broken into. I mean, and some of them, of course, didn't have the door closed because it was during the day. Mm-hmm. And these guys walked right in and they had guns. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have any protection, mm-hmm. none of these kids. And and thankfully, they didn't hurt any of the kids. They just stole anything right. of value right in front of them. Trying to intimidate them. Right. And so when I, of course, found out, I moved my daughter out mm-hmm. of the apartment. Yeah. But also... I was just so thankful that she wasn't there. Right. And so that's when we started thinking more about, you know, they're old enough. My kids are in their 20s. So it's like they're old enough to start learning how to do this more mm-hmm. and be able to truly protect themselves. Right. And so I noticed that you carry. I do. I didn't know. I, you have been in this building and I've been watching you for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I, and um, my daughter as well. Mm-hmm. And I asked her because you mentioned that you carry. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, so I asked my daughter last night, who's 25. I said, did you ever notice that Alexis well, carries? Well, I, I won't carry it into the building. Oh, okay. See, see without <clears throat> a CHL legally not doing anything wrong, you are allowed to have that firearm in your vehicle. And you're allowed, if you are pulling up in your driveway or you have to park down the street, it is 100% legal to carry that firearm to your, from your vehicle to your house, sleep, you know, wake up, carry that firearm from your house to your vehicle. But when it's in your vehicle, it needs to be concealed. And what concealed means is just not showing. Yeah, and I think that most people don't realize that you don't have to have a license to have a gun. Correct. You just have to have a license if you're going to carry the gun with you. Correct. And into a, in a facility. Right. And even then, it can't be visible. There cannot be a bulge. There cannot, I mean, it cannot be visible. Now, you can carry it from your house into your car. Correct. That's it is the, on, it's straight it's, there. But it's got to be hidden in your car. It can't be where it people can see it. It has to be hidden in your car, but it can be visible to a normal person while you're walking as long as you're not pointing it around causing a scene you right. can have it with your purse or whatever and the handle might be showing but as long as you're not causing a scene you're going straight from your home to your vehicle to protect yourself that is 100% okay yes now your dad has a CHL correct now what is a CHL 
for you to be able to, and, and it, it matters says, for alcohol too. If there's if it, if the facility sells more than fifty one percent of sales of alcohol, you cannot carry the firearm with you in that facility, like a Chili's or something like that, whatever. Um, but you can have it on your body and your boot on your back or whatever, but it can't be visible. Okay, at all. So your dad has a concealed handgun license, correct? And he carries it right on his hip in a case. No, that'd be open. That's open carry. Mm-hmm. Okay. See. Okay. So he has an open carry license. No, that 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 that's what the whole dispute is right now. That they're trying to pass and all that. They oh, might in Texas. Have, yeah. Yeah, because we have open carry in Texas. Right. So you don't have to have a license for that either. You do. Oh, you do. You okay. have to be able to have the license to conceal it to be able to open carry. Oh. But, but in my opinion, I mean, not to get wrapped up in politics, but in my opinion. The big corporations are going to have signs. They, you know, the big corporate like Walmart and all that. They have signs: no shirt, no service, and no shoe, no all that. The big corporations are going to make their mind up and decide if they allow open carry there or not. And I'm going to tell you right now: a lot of big corporations aren't going to allow it in there. Okay. So then you're going to be stuck to the independent places. Okay. So then, if if you know if they all say no, pretty much you can have it on your hip while you pump gas, but you ain't going to be able to carry it in Walmart. Okay, so your dad, uh, the reason he can open carry is because he has a concealed handgun license. Right. So if you have a concealed handgun license, then you can have it on you. Right. As you walk around, open carry or hidden. Correct. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we, I I know when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. you also were diagnosed with celiac disease. Yeah. And and, um, when did you start having trouble with that? Oh, I had trouble for... We didn't know. We didn't know what it was for a long time. We had trouble for probably. I was having pain for probably a year and a half or two years, maybe before we even figured out what it was. And at what age did you have heart surgery? Because I know you I had, yeah, I had, uh, that was at like seven, 16, 17. Yeah. Okay. And so when we get back from break, we're going to take a short break. I okay. want to talk more about that and how it affected your shooting, or um, really if it helped your self esteem having that. We'll just okay. talk more about that. And you're better now, mm-hmm. so we definitely want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll take a break, and we'll see you right back here. Okay. On living well. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to LifeSolutionsCoachingAndCounseling.com or email them at LifeSolutions cc at yahoo.com most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them nothing seems to work desires are unfulfilled fantasies unrealized and relationships become stagnant men are desperate today for a richer deeper more satisfying and intimate marriage dr jim slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate fulfilling marriage they've always wanted call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on facebook at voice america empowerment 
listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, welcome back. This is Ann Beal, and I have a young lady here named Alexis Duncan, who is a state champion shooter in the state of Texas. And so we wanted to talk about young ladies in the shooting sports. And so that's what we talked about the first half. Um, I did also bring up right at the end of the first half about Alexis being diagnosed as a very young child with celiac disease and then having heart surgery at age seven. Is that what you said, Alexis? Uh, 16. Oh, 16. Yeah. How did I miss that? Okay. 16. And so um, when I think of you Mm -hmm. carrying these, Shotguns, right? Carrying <laughs> a shotgun mm-hmm. and competing with shotguns. But I also think of you with celiac disease. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to have been weak with celiac disease. Celiac yeah. disease, if you tell people what it is, do you mind doing that? It, it's an autoimmune deficiency, which means it just, you're, you're, I, I, don't, I guess it's your brain is what tells it that it's doing it wrong. Eating a sandwich to most people, your body breaks it down and eats it. And, and everything's fine. For me, for some reason, the body just says, no, that's not okay. And it turns against itself and starts doing damage to your intestines. And that's because of gluten. Y- gluten, wheat, broccoli, uh, wheat. Barley, rye. Bar- yeah. No. There you go. <laughs> no, I started to remember. Yeah, it's the gluten, the gooey. You know, it's like the bread. When you squeeze bread, the stuff that makes yeah. it real soft, right? Yeah. And so it, it, celiac disease is the effect of gluten mm-hmm. on the colon. Uh, small intestines. Small intestines. Yeah. And so um, you would actually get the bleeding sores and the lesions oh, yeah. on all over your mm-hmm. colon and intestines. Yeah. And uh, so how would that affect you? What would happen? Oh, I was I was in pain every day, waking up and pain after every meal. Like doubling over pain? Like oh, that like kind can't of, walk pain. Yeah, because I would think if it's your intestines bleeding, mm-hmm. if you think of that yeah. picture, that would be incredibly painful Mm -hmm. did it feel like your stomach was burning or what did it feel like oh I don't it just feels it's a pain I don't wish on anybody it's it's a it's a deep it's a deep sharp pain something's not right something something right and you you got started having trouble with that at how young I remember going to middle school and I remember one day I was was in PE and I didn't think anything of it but you know you grow up and you look back and you just remember weird stuff and I remember thinking today I don't hurt and I, it was weird. Like, uh-huh. I, was, I was like, I can actually participate, and it doesn't hurt. And I don't know what I did differently. Maybe I hadn't eaten that day. I don't know. But I remember, so I was so used to being hurting every day that it was weird to not hurt. And uh, certain things made it hurt more, but m- mostly just eating in general, drinking water, anything would hurt. Wow, yeah. And that would really affect your ability to pay attention in school. Yeah, I was on some uh, pretty strong painkillers at a young age for that, yeah. But some people don't even have that symptom. Some people have migraines instead of belly aches. Some people just don't have symptoms at all. Some It's different for everybody. My, my daughter um, was very sick as well. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I know that you were sick like that, I, I can't, she was very weak mm-hmm. at times, you know, not all the time. But yeah, she pretty much felt sick every day. Mm-hmm. She would... She got used to it. I mean, she is one tough thing. Yeah. And she's better now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think for people who don't really understand, um, a gluten intolerance is mm-hmm. what they call it. Um, meaning that, like, it's like um, 
poison ivy on the skin, the way the skin reacts, everybody reacts to poison ivy where mm-hmm. you get the lesions on the outside, mm-hmm. the sores, the bleeding, the you know, the itching. Mm-hmm. And so with gluten inside your body, mm-hmm. when it hits the outside of the intestines, it's a it's a raw skin. And yeah. so um it causes the same thing on the outside of the skin of the intestines. It's like inside it's not yeah yeah and it's not it's not covered in a skin it's just what's inside it, right. you know and so it just does the same thing it gets the sores and the lesions all over mm-hmm. and then bleeding and um it, but it's inside the body mm-hmm. and so it causes that reaction mm-hmm. like poison ivy that's why right. they call it an intolerance and and uh, apparently the research shows that they say that everyone truly is allergic to the oil the burning sensation of poison ivy Mm -hmm. some people will say they're not and i think that most people will break out Mm -hmm. and other people for some reason just don't break out so it's a sensitivity right and it's painful and it's horrible and it spreads okay so if you think of that inside the body Mm -hmm. for people who have the gluten intolerance Mm -hmm. and most people had heard about celiac they started hearing about celiac disease over the last like 15 yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty pretty fresh, actually. Yes. Yeah. And then that, that's, that's mainly the intestines. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you're right. Since then, they've discovered that um, wheat, barley, rye, and oaks, gluten, mm-hmm. can uh, it causes inflammation of the brain. It causes inflammation of the joints, the body. I mm-hmm. mean, so, and so they've changed that. If it's just the intestines, they call it celiac disease. Because of those symptoms and the way it affects you and everything, but if it's another part of the body, they just call it gluten intolerance. Yeah, and it it kind of sucks, man. Some people say they have a gluten allergy, or and I'm like, or they are on a gluten diet. I'm like, you're choosing to live this lifestyle. Like you, you like eating a salad <laughs> every day for lunch, and you're choosing that. Um, me, some you know, what, since I've gotten older, the side effects have changed. And some people that say they have a gluten allergy, you know, they break out or something, or they can just throw it up later. And it's actually, uh, yeah, they don't feel good. And, and, you know, they might have a breakout or a rash or something. But it's not actually doing that much of a, as deep as damage as, as it does for celiacs. And me, I'm like, man, I would be eating that stuff for fun. <laughs> like, you're just, I, I can't wrap my head around why some, I mean, maybe they feel better. We'll look into, maybe you do have an allergy you don't know about if you're just doing it for a diet and you feel better. But that's the thing, celiacs, so many people go undiagnosed for so long because they don't even, then you don't go in there and say, test me for that. You know, it's not some test that they just all the time run on you. They have to specifically do that one test. And if you don't know about it and people don't know about it, how do they know to test you for it? Yes, so (laughs) how long? Did it take them testing you before they found out? Oh, my goodness. it, It turned me against doctors and... I'm sorry to all the doctors. Oh, man, I have such a negative. They 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 took a long time, a long time and a long time of just pain and medication and frustration. And but I mean, not too. So was it years? It was years, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. same thing for my daughter. It was years. And and um, but the nutritionists, when I finally gave up on yeah. doctors really helping, and then mm-hmm. she was getting worse. I took her to a nutritionist, yep. and it they're good. The minute. Yep. She she saw her symptoms. We'd written them all down, and she knew exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you guys. I'm going to have um, Alexis describe more of what's happened to her, and um, and then eventually the heart surgery. If mm-hmm. you have um, a child with 
or a person you know with these symptoms because mm-hmm. you still have some symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I saw them the other day. You want to get to a nutritionist uh, mm-hmm. or a naturopathic doctor if they have them in your state. In our state, they don't have them, which I just hate. Or a chiropractor because they mm-hmm. know a lot about nutrition as well. Um, and so that you can get the treatments for the chronic condition of celiac disease or even um, gluten intolerance mm-hmm. because MDs are not taught really how to treat that mds are not taught how to really what causes anything chronic or how to cure anything chronic Mm -hmm. but naturopathic doctors are and nutritionists are um chiropractors are Mm -hmm. uh, mds are taught about acute i mean they're great with surgery and bone breaks and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff they're taught cute acute things in med school Mm -hmm. the only thing they're taught with anything chronic is how to manage the symptoms of medicine so they were managing your symptoms as you were getting sicker and sicker and sicker yeah Pretty yeah. much, they actually told me to keep eating what I was eating until the until the they could run the test. So they were they were wanting it to get worse so that it would show up more in tests. And well, I'm like, you're making me do this for how long? Are you gonna make me tell tell me to keep doing it until it's painful? Yeah, come on, man. And it's very hard on your body to oh, do I, that. Tired, tired. I mean, I can sleep for 19, 20 hours and and, and not wake up once. Because celiac disease is a lot of damage already. When they diagnose you with celiac mm-hmm. disease, you've had a lot of damage already to the intestines. Yeah. And um, and then eventually, as they keep going in there, managing your symptoms, mm-hmm. you end up without a colon. They take it out and they put you on a bag. A, a, a colostomy bag. A colostomy bag. Your intestine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then everyone I know who's had that has had surgery after surgery after oh, yeah. surgery. Mm-hmm. And so my goal for you is to get you well. Yeah. Um, and so for you, you were having the double over pain. Mm-hmm. You were exhausted and sleeping for days. Mm-hmm. What else? I, when I eat, I actually uh, look, whether I chug a bottle of water or I eat, I look I'm like six months pregnant. Yeah, your stomach swells. I look like one of them little kids on a National Geographic magazine with the huge belly. Like, huge. Huge belly. Well, and you're very small. So, yeah, yeah I would think that that would clearly show. Uh-huh. Now, I haven't heard that um, too much, but I have seen it a couple mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. where you eat anything. Mm-hmm. That's why you said even water. Yeah. It swells. Mm-hmm. It's agitated. It's mad. And so for you, what does that do? How can you, I mean, do you just not eat anytime you're out? Well, not drink? if it's a date, I'll tell you that. Because, <laughs> and I was a bartender for three years, and, and I'm not going to eat on my lunch break because I ain't going to be that pregnant lady behind the bar. I mean, that just looks bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but And, and I, I've had people, like, I was at a Fuzzy's Taco one day, and uh, I just was eating, and it was huge. And, you know, it's summertime, I'm wearing a tank top, and, and I look six months pregnant. And uh, there's a little girl running around playing, and I just smirked at her. And the dad goes, hope for a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stomp you on your toe. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not pregnant. She's so tough. I'm going to stomp you on your toe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So you have the swelling mm-hmm. belly, mm-hmm. Um, which that's what that's what I notice now. That yeah. sometimes you, I never noticed until you told me. It's not well, like I, wear I baggy saw clothes. you. Yeah. Okay. And then um, when you were a kid, what else happened? Well, I remember forgetting things just silly things that I should know I was starting to forget and I was starting to when my mom's like I told you I, uh-uh, I don't remember that and you just have selective hearing no I, I really heard you I just you know don't remember don't remember and and it was just couldn't remember things and then we figured out well if your body can't absorb calcium and nutrition and all this vitamins and you know all that stuff how is how are you supposed to withhold any information in your head how are you supposed to make your brain grow if it's not eating and uh, that's was some of the problem was I was just forgetting things because it wasn't getting what it needed to grow. So, which affected your school, I would think. Oh yeah, 
Did it affect your shooting? <laughs> if you're forgetting. Just, well, I mean, what affected it most was being weak. Weak. I yeah. was I was 85 pounds, and I was like five foot, maybe five one. I was double zero in jeans. Goodness. And my um, my lungs were sticking out. My my spine was all. Actually, with the school, called my parents, and they accused me of having an eating disorder. Because mm. I, I looked at that skin. Well, and too, I'm getting sick every time I eat. So, right. of course, it looks bad. Right. But, um, yeah. And, and, and I was skinny. Well, and that's what happens with celiac disease mm-hmm. um, and, and, and gluten intolerance if it affects the gut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they have found since, you know, they diagnosed celiac disease and came up with the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. They've been studying gluten. And, it, and it's the new gluten um, gluten um, problem is from they've changed the actual gene they've done gene altering Mm -hmm. on plants like wheat barley rye and oats Mm -hmm. so that um it actually has a part of its ingredients now in the actual gene Mm -hmm. they spliced it with um what do you call it for not what they spray on the fields to kill bugs Mm -hmm. bug killer what do you call that pesticides (laughs) yeah so and they actually put it into the actual, that's the splicing of the gene to alter the gene so that when they grow wheat, barley, rye, and oats, now they don't have to spray the fields. Okay. And that's been 20 years now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's happened is for people who have problems with pesticide inside their body, I'm surprised everybody doesn't. So what they've found is celiac disease, kind of, it, that's what some people just hit their outer layer of their colon and intestines and it just starts getting lesions Mm -hmm. they've also found since then that the brain gets inflamed Mm -hmm. and that makes it that's part of why you got so forgetful Mm -hmm. um and so that's why a lot of people are trying to not have gluten because they don't want to get celiac disease right and they they want to be able to retain better mm-hmm. in their memory a lot more people are starting to walk into a room and forget why they came mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's horrible or not mm-hmm. remember where they parked their car or whatever so people are reading about what it what it does mm-hmm. right but the motivation to go without gluten mm-hmm. because it is very 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 hard it's in it's in products you would never think like dairy okay so, so you think you think that you know i'm not gonna have bread so i'm gonna have a salad with grilled chicken and cheese on it all right well all those little pieces of cheese in a package how are they not sticking together Right, they're coated, and and some are different than others, but they can be coated in like a little floury powder, and then to to maybe a person that's on that diet for themselves, it might not affect them. It's not going to be enough to affect them. But a person like me, I eat that, and it's just like I ate a whole loaf of bread. That is why the difference why you're super motivated to not eat it because right. of the severe effects it has on you. Right, and so people who don't have those severe effects, they just want to, so they never get these problems. Mm-hmm. Right, it is very hard to stick to, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to know because even French fries, they they cover them in a powder mm-hmm. so that they turn brown, you know, like a prettier color. Right, and so part of it is realizing what gluten is on everything. But yeah, I would think a hundred percent the weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, would have affected your ability to shoot because mm-hmm. for how good you were and everything and you are I mm-hmm. mean it's amazing to me what you can do now mm-hmm. that when I hear about how sick you were at the same time growing up if you hadn't been sick like that I mean watch out who knows I mean yeah yeah you'd have been one of the best out there yeah it, it made me miss a couple of practices every now and then because I didn't feel good and I don't know yeah I'd like to not think it stopped me from getting too far because you're far but, uh, you're already far right, right. but it, yeah it could have affected it a lot so you yeah. didn't have a lot of excuses because I was like, did that stop you doing this? That stop you? And you're like, no, no, well, no. Well, <laughs> you learned to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
but you kind of learned that mentality from your family, I think. Yeah. So when did you, so the heart surgery came when you were 16. Yeah. So tell us about yeah, I was that. On beta block, I was on beta blockers when I was 15. Yeah, you're 15 years old walking up to a pharmacist saying, I'm here to pick up my medication. And they're looking at it like, you know, this is what 80-year-old, 90-year-old take, you know. And they're looking at you like, are you sure this isn't your medicine? Because, yeah, I was, I remember I went to school and uh, I fell down a flight of stairs and I woke up at the bottom of it. And then I was like, oh, I'm a dork. And I just got up and went to class. I didn't think anything of it. And then I was on a heart monitor for a while and couple months and then finally it just man it was hurting real bad I was on my way to school actually and I got to the nurse's office and I want to say I had my heart monitor with me and um they said well you know we can call an ambulance and this and that and you can call your parents and my dad I'll be there right now you know so he comes and he takes me to the hospital and they had to restart my heart goodness uh-huh and um then the, the back in the day when they gave me the heart monitor they told me well there's this surgery you might kind of need in the future depending on how it goes and then after they restarted my heart they're like well there's this surgery you might need in about a week so now you're gonna have to prepare yourself to have a heart surgery in a week that was fun mm-hmm. it was so, like the most painful thing you've ever felt uh, restarting the heart hurt more than the heart surgery really yeah but there's two places they can go in. They can go in your main arteries, which is one in your neck, and one in your groin, your leg, where your leg bends. And they went through my leg. They prepped both of them just in case, but they, go th- they went on me. They went through my leg. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. You were one tough thing. And that was yeah. when you were 16. You had the surgery. Yeah. And then how long recovery? I stayed in bed probably maybe about a week. Went to school about <laughs> after that. <laughs> no. That is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing what they can do with the heart. And that's yeah. the kinds of things MDs are definitely trained in. Right. Um, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, we <laughs> made school in a week. Goodness. See, it, it is amazing to me, because I'm a counselor mm-hmm. and a life coach, mm-hmm. how many excuses I hear. Not not really in life coaching. I don't hear yeah. that many excuses ever. But, um, yeah, in, in counseling from grown adults, because yeah. they're foot hurts or their yeah. toe hurts or I was looking at you Suck it up. and I'm thinking oh my gosh that's yeah. he went right back to school mm-hmm. and uh I, I limped yeah yeah because I, they, they, I limped they, for like a little while before did, I could walk straight again. did they take the artery right out of your leg do what to fix your heart did they take the artery say dude take an no, they artery didn't take nothing out oh, good. Aware, it should be all in there so why'd you limp because it hurt, man, they bruised me. <laughs> it was all purple and blue. And, and every 15 minutes, they come in there looking under your sheet. Quit looking under there, man. Leave it alone. It'll get better itself. You Just know? stop. Yeah. Ah, okay. And now you're 22, so that was six years ago. Yeah. So you are a lot better. Yeah. So um, you don't have the double over pain anymore? Occasionally. Sometimes you'll eat something that you don't know what was how it was prepared. You got to think time it's small, spark, I mean, residue. Yeah, you talk about French fries. Even those those fries can be gluten free, but is it being fried in grease that they fried chicken in? So when you come across it by accident, because you really yeah. try to not get it, right? Because you're 22, okay? Because mm. my daughter's 23, and mm-hmm. there are times she'll go, "I'm just gonna eat it. I, I know that will get myself. sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it's painful. It's not yeah. good for you, okay? Yeah. But I would think that's human. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, temptation. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. That is uh, quite interesting to hear all that. It is mm-hmm. so hard to believe. When you look at you, you'd never know you've been through all this Mm-mm. hardship. Yeah, um, it's not that bad. So what do you do now? I just quit bartending. I bartended for a while. I just quit that to come work for my dad's company. And uh, and what is that? Industrial pumps. Pumps that move uh, acid or water or anything jelly juice anything it breaks they call us and we try to repair it or get new parts and send it back to them so what's the name of the company 
Applied process. Applied process. And, yeah. And you help in there. Yeah. What do you do there? I'll go with them. Or I'll do, help do write checks or file booking or quotes and stuff. And you get a call. You know, you put on your hard hat and your steel toe boots. And you go out there and check it out and see what they need. Well, I I know that you come in every mm-hmm. day um, with your hair beautiful with a baseball cap on. Yeah. And your jeans and your boots. Mm-hmm. And I mean cowboy boots. Yeah. Um, nice, fancy. Those yeah. are fancy cowboy boots. I warmed boots a prom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and she looks very feminine. Okay. And so, but she looks good. And yet she looks strong mm-hmm. um, and confident mm-hmm. and um, just as sweet as you can be. And I, I, I am, I'm, Wanted to have you on so mm-hmm. you could inform people about both parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You are a very well-rounded person. Yeah. I, I think that your dad's saying you need to be well-rounded with all kinds of shooting, mm-hmm. right? Um, you would say, well, no, I don't. I just need to be able to protect myself and have fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so shooting trap for you is fun. Yeah. And um, being able to protect yourself gives you peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's made me a little more confident at times than I should have. I've given a few people some rides <laughs> or on the side of the road that I stopped and helped somebody that I probably shouldn't have. Mm. But since I'm aware that what I have in my pickup and I know how to use it, I'm, I'm not as scared. But I, I feel like I can, I can hold my own if I need to. So everybody listening is like, oh, don't do that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I got, I've gotten yelled at by a few scary you. people. I bet. And your dad, I bet. Is just oh, like, he don't know. Oh, well, he will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, when I was bartending, I was leaving that bar at 3, 4 in the morning. Right. You know, and you see someone on the road or you, you go to a gas station and there's a drunk. Like, I don't want him to get in trouble. I'll give you a ride home and... I ain't gonna tell them to get in the back of the pickup, so you see in the front. But I, but I wouldn't do that if I would didn't know how to if I didn't know I had a firearm in there. And right. Yeah. So you said it made you a little too confident. So at times, yes. But that's me. I get confident sometimes. You, you get confident. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll push my limits a little bit. Well, and I think that um, being uh, feminine mm-hmm. and being strong and being confident and having mm-hmm. high self esteem mm-hmm. is what we all want to be women out there. You know, we want to be beautiful and strong and confident and have high self-esteem and have a great job Mm -hmm. and feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything it takes to live well. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we want to just let you know we're praying for you for your... Well, thank you. ...stomach and double over and Mm -hmm. celiac disease. I I know you're a lot better. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked to you about nutrition and Mm -hmm. the naturopathic doctor that we have that only works with nutrition mm-hmm. now here and the essential oils and everything was talking to you so mm-hmm. i look forward to um getting you totally we can't say cured because it's not it allowed it go away well they 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 say that's what they say yeah but it can and so mm-hmm. um in the naturopathic world we're not mm-hmm. allowed to say heal you can, we can say anything we do with animals we can say that it cures animals mm-hmm. but we're not allowed to say it with people we're only allowed to say to have all your symptoms go away so yeah. the living well show wants all your symptoms to yeah. go away and we well, look forward go. to that I know you do because I was talking to you about it and you're like well if you can just get my stomach not to swell that would yeah. be great so we thank you for joining us thank it's you. wonderful we'll have thank you on again in the future okay. to hear all about all of your new pursuits mm-hmm. thank you for being on thank you for letting me and uh, we'll see you guys next week just get us back here at livingwellshow.com at Voice America and Living Well uh, next week on Wednesday take care and have a great week 
Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. We'll be right back.